You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills, and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much was being sourced overseas, and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that are still making in the UK. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in Britain, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be chatting to inspiring British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering advice to product-based businesses that make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode number 242 of the Make It British podcast. As you're here on today's episode, this was originally recorded as a YouTube live. So if you want to watch the video, I'm going to pop the link to it in the show notes for this podcast. And if you want to catch us when we do go live, it's every Tuesday at 1pm on YouTube. So head over to YouTube, subscribe and you'll get notified. Well, if you press the little bell, you will. You'll get notified when we go live at 1pm. And before we come on to the interview, I just want to say a big thank you. I had a lovely review this week from someone called Dominic. And amazing. He says, UK manufacturing lives on. Dominic, thank you so much for your review. To everyone who listens to this podcast and finds it useful, if you could find just a couple of minutes of your time to leave me a review, that would be amazing. I always read all the reviews that the podcast gets. And also it sends out signals that this podcast is useful and helpful for people, which means more people like you will discover it. So thank you in advance if you do leave me a review, and I will always give you a shout out on the podcast if you do. And now let's head on over to my chat with Dawn Clark, who's going to be talking to us all about how she's pivoted her business from being totally bespoke to now offering ready-to-wear. Here you go. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am going to be talking to the lovely Dawn Clark, who's a children's wear designer. She's a member of Make It British. She's been a member of Make It British for quite a while now. She's also part of our British brand Accelerator program. And we have been helping her to pivot from making everything in-house to now outsourcing part of her production to a manufacturer. So let me bring on the lovely Dawn Clark. Hello, Dawn. How are you? Hello, London Pauling. Hello. (laughs) So good to see you. And I have to say as well, um, you very kindly stepped in at the the 11th hour because the planned guest I had today, her Wi-Fi wasn't working. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You are so I just hope I haven't let all those other lovely people out there watching going... I was expecting that. Uh, um, but yeah, well, absolute treat, and thank you for even you know thinking of me and um, and allowing me actually to talk about my journey and that switch and that transition from bespoke to ready to wear. I mean, yeah, it's been a huge journey, but one that I'm happy to share just to brilliant. help everybody else out in the industry as well. Yeah, amazing, fantastic. Well, where should we start? Do you want to start by just telling everyone, you know, why? So you joined British Brand Accelerator a few months ago. What made yeah. you decide to join? What was the point in okay. your business that, that you made the jump? Right. So 
for me, it was, I've always done the bespoke clothing. Everything's always been super lovely, all in-house, pattern drafting, everything. And it was all about time and the journey with that client. And then when we came out of COVID, I realized that a lot of my clients, um, their mindset had changed. You know, they didn't, I mean, they wanted special clothing, but they didn't want it to take forever to make them want it now because time is so precious. So that's what I decided to go for a switch to ready to wear, not um, having a problem in respect of my fabrics. My fabrics had, that was the one key element. I had to keep the lovely fabrics that I work with. I love working with tricky fabrics and that was my one key that I wanted the children to really, really experience, you know, what it is to wear that piece of clothing that is so special. You know, if you've got one piece of clothing that it, yes, it may cost a little bit more money, but you can do so much with it. You know, it's not just a fairy tale princess dress, you know, it can be a dress that you wear for special occasions, but Christmas, a birthday, you can go to a very nice restaurant in it, just change the band. And then you've got a beautiful piece of clothing that's really lovely. And I just wanted every little girl to feel how it feels to have that beautiful piece of clothing, you know, and that's why I switched, literally, because I just want everyone to experience that. Yeah. That's so my- you were making everything yourself, weren't you? Everything yeah. was totally bespoke. Every Everything dress was different. Was dif- every dress yeah, was different, I, I, wasn't it? Oh my God, I didn't know what was coming through the door. So literally, I was turning on a sixpence. So, for example, one minute I would be doing this fabulous little military jacket and pattern drafting that and getting the fabrics and talking to the client and finding the right braid. And then the next minute, I'm just doing a flag girl dress you know, with, you know, a bit of detail here and there. Next minute they want a cape and then they want, somebody else wanted a Cinderella dress. Yeah. And it was a lot of energy, Kate. A A lot. lot. And you were burning yourself out. Absolutely, yeah. Potentially not pricing everything correctly either because everything was different. No, because everything was different. And I think the hardest part is that when you are – a one-man band in effect, you know, I mean, you're running the business, but it's all, the butt stops with you. You have to think about everything and things do slip, you know, and it's, that's the one thing I noticed is that, you know, not only did fabric prices change dramatically, um, but I needed to make sure that I had sort of, you know, it was, the business was in in a zone where it was easier to manage in respect of, you know, this is the pricing bracket for this. And I've really done the research behind it. This is the manufacturer I'm going to work with. Got a great relationship with them. And that was how I kind of thought it through. So it was, yeah, it was, it was tricky when it was just bespoke all the time because, you know, yes, you can buy one piece of fabric and because it's children's clothing, you don't need much, but you, you know, you're always looking and sourcing and always looking. So you're always looking at a lot of energy constantly, in, and that wasn't actually being fruitful in the bigger, longer picture. That's what it felt like. So, yeah, fruit, fruitful. I think that's a, that's a yeah good way of putting it. Maybe yeah. it could the business could have been more profitable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So definitely. you decided then that you wanted to start outsourcing at least making making one style to start yeah. with with a yeah. manufacturer, and you reached out to us to help with that. What did you have to get together and how did we work together to get everything in place before you did start working with the manufacturer? I was really, really nervous, really nervous because, you know, um, I'm an absolute perfectionist and 
the word sort of getting it wrong didn't want to be on the agenda. So I really wanted to make sure that I sourced the right person that worked with me in the right way, that gave me the, all the support, but wasn't just the talk. It was actually drilling down and giving me the resources and showing me how to do it step by step by step. And that was what, you know, you guys did brilliantly. And I mean, really helped me enormously from, you know, things like, um, gosh, so this was, this was a brilliant one, right? I'm, I'm thinking on my head here, right? So the customer persona. So in the past, I'd always thought, everyone said, oh, you've got to have a customer persona, got to have this. And I thought, yeah, perfect, I can do that. And I literally just wrote it down and thought, yeah, that's it, I've done it. And then when I sort of started on the, on the process with yourselves, I suddenly realised I haven't done any. I was, I was on a different planet, total different planet. And that was when I really had to understand the values and the pain points that the customer was going through and where I was actually going to, why were those customers going to buy my outfit? And that's what I really went back to every time. Why are they going to buy my outfit? And, you know, I really thought long and hard about the fact that what could I add, you know, from all the little extras that I've put in, they all went back to the same point of my customer persona. And that was the starting point that I realised, Dawn, you have a lot to learn. And I'm still learning now. And we kept saying to you as you kept coming up with design features, you'd say, should I do this colour or should I do that? What would Dawn go back and think, what would your customer want? Because it always has to go back to the customer. And I think you were making the mistake that so many people do with going too broad originally and saying it's children, for all sorts of children from this age to this age, and they could live anywhere and they could have any sort of lifestyle. And you've pinpointed Absolutely. it. And that, that was the key bit, Kate, because having done bespoke before, and you, you know that when you can pattern draft yourself, nothing's a problem. So my customer clientele would go from an 18-month-old baby right through to a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, 10-year-old even sometimes. So to suddenly look at the boundaries and set them that are achievable and also affordable as well, you know, so that, that was absolutely key. So that helped me because then I suddenly went down to like, oh, actually, this is the age group I want to do. This is the bracket I want to work in. You know, I, I, I'm not interested in doing this. I'm not interested in doing that. And all of it was a great big thing that I had to kind of bring together. Um, it was a lot of thinking. I had a lot of headaches. But I did it. Um, and, it was and we did quite a lot of diving into those costs, didn't we? And kept saying, Dawn, do you really need this? Do you really need that? Do you really need to spend that much on packaging, Dawn? I did. And that was that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the that. Packaging. Thank you for that one. The packaging. Oh. So what happened was um, bespoke. You go all out. You go all out. And I did go all out. So I had everything from beautiful little sort of um, wash care kits with a little sachet inside and all these things beautifully done. And then realized that when I had to look and take it, strip it all back and look at the nuts and bolts, even down to the actual boxes that I was using and the packaging I was using and the price at that cost, you know, then it was like, okay, this isn't going to work. So I then chose the elements that I really didn't want to drop, kept those and then worked everything else around it. And at the same time, put my sustainable head on to think about the environment. How's it going to work? What I'm going to do? Yeah. And, and then there was one final thing that you had to do before we introduced you to a manufacturer or manufacturers, um, and that was the dreaded tech pack, wasn't it? Right. But you nailed it. 
I Simply did. and easily. And you know what? The tech pack, I'd heard so much about a tech pack. Um, and I didn't, I was out of my depth totally. But once I'd watched the videos and been taken through the steps that you have to do, I re- that all the all the stress and anxiety just disappeared because I realized because I was I'd pattern drafted the dress myself I knew the fabrics I knew what I was doing I'd already got the connections with some suppliers it actually all just dovetailed together so for me it was brilliant because I'd gone from I'd stepped from bespoke to um ready to wear working with a manufacturer and wasn't scared because I had those skills already just didn't realize that I had them and it was really great and then obviously you know there was support with yourself so I didn't understand a certain bit in fact when I got to the manufacturer and showed them the tech pack they they actually just said we have never seen one so detailed ever <laughs> but that's the aim though that's yeah. the aim to get the tech pack so good that the first sample yeah. the manufacturer makes is totally correct so that you only yeah. have to pay the money for one sample. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then, you know, little things they picked up on. And that was great because I've got such a lovely relationship with the manufacturer now. It's great. You know, they said, oh, can you just change this and change this and change that? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So left there, made some tweaks, sent it straight back to them and they love it. They, they just said they wished all their clients would do do it in that style because they don't see that very often. So it was really lovely, but it wasn't the challenge I thought it was going to be. In fact, it was quite the opposite. It was brilliant. Loved it. Loved Fantastic. It. And the first time you went to meet manufacturers, had you ever yes. been into a factory or any sort of manufacturing facility before? So I've been into manufacturers before, but not in the textile industry. So I knew that I wasn't going into a swishy, swishy environment. I knew none of that was going to be out there. You know, I knew it's going to be, you know, very, it's a working um, environment and you're with machinery, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when I actually went into the manufacturers, I just felt at home. I did, and I was—I couldn't help myself. But I was chatting to all the staff, and I mean, not that I can talk, of course. Um, but you know, I was chatting with the staff and literally just finding out what they were doing, and and just fascinated with their world and how it all came together. And and it was great because I found out so much more by doing that. And got that relationship going. So that's really put me in great stead. Yeah. And it wasn't scary. No, not at all. Not at all. I think, you know, once I had gone through that threshold of, um, because obviously with my dresses, there are some elements of it that I've put some very special little twists and turns in. And for those, I had to get a a non-disclosure, an NDA set up um, with the manufacturer just to protect myself and for them to be protected too. It, you know, I don't want to go blabbing about what I see when I go with them. Um, and also I didn't want them to talk to other people about the special bits and twists and turns that I was doing as well with my outfit. So that was great. Once the NDA, and they didn't have any questions, didn't have any qualms whatsoever, just, yeah, not a problem, used to signing these, signed away, off we went. It was brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, great. And... Honestly, I love it going there. I was there last Friday and I literally just rocked up. But I always take biscuits. Or, or <laughs> That's a good tip, actually. It's a good, someone asked the other day, didn't they, in the, in the British Brand Accelerator group, any tips for going to see a manufacturer for the first time? Was it you that piped up? Yeah, take them biscuits. biscuits. Get you everywhere, okay. a few biscuits. Well, you know what? The thing as well is the, the, the people who work in the factories are 
amazing people. They get a lot of stress. I've seen it. They get a lot of stress, a lot of pressures, a lot of demands on them. What is one box of biscuits? But then when they have their tea break, just to say someone's thinking of them, it's nothing, is nothing. And yeah, just makes me feel better as well. Yeah, fantastic. You're a, you're a lovely customer for any manufacturer. Now, I'm sure anyone that's like watching this does know that product development is not all plain sailing and there are sometimes hiccups and it's not what the problem is, but more how you handle it. So come on, tell everyone maybe some of the things or a couple of the little hiccups that you handled very well, but Thank that you. happened along the way. I, I did get a little a couple of stressful nights, I'll be honest with you. So what happened was I got so, as I said before, the one big area for me was talking about my costings. And I went down a rabbit hole all about my costings and keeping it absolute to the penny, et cetera, et cetera. And that was grand. And then I'd got my fabrics. I knew what fabrics, what silks I wanted to work with. And then they arrived and I said, yep, that's great, lovely, and shipped them off happily and skipped away. What I hadn't realized was that I hadn't tested my fabrics before I turned up at the manufacturer. And then I get the phone call from the manufacturer saying, I can't work with these. I can't work with this. This isn't going to work, Dawn. And I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? So then I quickly went off. I saw some other fabrics and said, yep, we're ready to go. I'm going with this fabric. We had to change a different element of the dress which was great experience as well. But all the suppliers that I was using was using and had contacts with were great. They were offering me suggestions and ideas and, yeah, worked it through pretty quick. I think I had about a week to turn it around. Literally. You did because you'd booked the photo shoot, which is kind of what we don't recommend you do, book the photo shoot yeah. before yeah. you've got the samples in your hand. Yeah, I really messed up on that. That was a massive <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. But it happened. It happened, I'll be honest with you, and I am sharing warts and all on this call. Um, I, thank you, Kate. Um, I literally, so I had a problem with the fabric. The photo shoot was three days away. I couldn't change the photo shoot. So I literally had to make the dresses myself through the night with about three hours sleep in this fabric that wasn't working. And then I've had to source now another fabric, which is a far better quality fabric in the same hammered silk but it's a better quality and, and those are the dress hair. those are the dresses we see behind you aren't they they are these are the lovely little ones yes i love them and they're all beautiful i love the silk honestly that against your skin is just amazing it's just lovely yeah what little girl wouldn't love that and they've got pockets and the little placket and yeah i love it love it and then if they want to change them they can do so and have it, you know, if you want to go for a Sunday lunch with granny, then you pop them in the dress and you change the sash or don't put the sash on at all. And then if you're going to a communion, you can have the white on its own and then keep the dress, reuse it again, got your sustainable head on and then change the sash if you want to go to a party and celebrate at Christmas with friends. Yeah. So they're stunning. Oh, and you had a really lovely idea for the placket you've done at the back, but I'm guessing you probably. Because yeah. you can't show I, I, that yet. I'm teasing it, Dawn. I know, I know you are, darling. I know, I know. And it's. I loved it. I had this idea and just decided I wanted to run with it. And I absolutely love the placket. And um, it's just. it just makes it extra special. So it's, and it's a one-off as well. It's, I'm, I've got, you know, I've just got it for my clients and it's there, ready to wear. You've got it, 
you're the only people who've got it. So it's lovely. So if someone wants to see when you when you launch these these ready to wear dresses, because they're coming out very, very soon. Um, and for those people that are watching this video or listening to this podcast in the past, they'll be able to go to your website to find it. Um They'll have to sign up to your newsletter, don't won't they, to hear they when will. you they will. And that, absolutely. And that's something else that we've been. I mean, it's not just the manufacturing side. We've also been working with you on manuf- and your marketing as well. And yes. I know you've you've I got was totally out of my depth, royally out of my depth, royally. And I loved sewing because I could hide behind. And I didn't want to do any of the marketing. I was a bit like a petulant child, really. I didn't want to do the marketing. I just thought I could just hide away and just make dresses and let's just leave that there. And then I realised that actually I need to get clients and for these particular dresses that are interested in them. So um, I've got a new website that's come along and actually it's halfway built as we speak, which is lovely. And uh, my existing website, I'm I'm going to have a, a newsletter page there that people subscribe to and then they'll be the first to find out what's going on what's happening when the launch date is where i'm going um a little bit more sort of um insights to the placket for example and just to see little extras about the the dress yeah brilliant and it yeah i've got i'm learning i'm learning but it's been great Brilliant. I mean, you say you're out of your depth, but it's something we see so often. Always, we're like with creative people, particularly those like yourself who are making the product themselves, who love making products, and that's how they've got into a product business. But then that's all they want to do is just if anything looks a bit too hard or a bit too difficult or they don't understand, it's like, oh, I'm going to go default back to what I do the best, which is making stuff. So you're yeah. continuously making stuff, but you're not selling stuff. I know. And do you know what? Honestly, Kate, that I remember. I was on, I think, one of our coaching calls, and I just remember you saying, Dawn, I hope you're not hiding behind that sewing machine. <laughs> I was. I literally was. And I just thought, oh, I've been named in shame. <laughs> <laughs> no, not named in shame. Not in a nasty way, but it was like absolutely on the button. It was literally like somebody was in the room going, uh, hello, Dawn, are you? It's like, yes, I am. So, you know, and it's great because now I know what I'm doing and I, you know, I know my next steps and that's what I'm learning to do is to go through things properly and not just skim a little dip into that, dip into that, you know, actually really get to know what I'm doing. And yeah, it's great. I love it. So Brilliant. And I'm yeah. sure anyone watching this as well that's got a product business that makes for themselves. I think that's the one thing I suppose I would say to anybody is, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to other people. You need a network around you, definitely. And also, you can't do it on your own. You know, we all think we're, oh, I can do this, I can do that. And, and you can't, you know. So the one thing I say is, first of all, join British Brand Accelerator. Um, but, you know, you can't do it on your own and you need a really good network that you can, don't be afraid to ask either. And it's taken me a long time to be not too proud to ask and say, has anyone got this problem? And how do I go about this? And how do I go about that? And, and also, I think as well, um, when when something does go wrong, is to realise you're not on your own. You're not the first person it's ever happened to. And to think about, okay, how can I how can I flip it? How can I flip this around? So, for example, when the fabric bit went wrong, you know, I realised I needed to flip it really quickly and to find an alternative. Um, when the fabric I'd chosen for the sample got stuck in customs, it wasn't panic. You you learn to cope. You put your coping um, tool set to 
open it up, get one out, which one am I going to use today to help me solve this problem? And and that's what I do now. And literally, I just, yeah. Yeah, you've been amazing to work with. And also, it's lovely because within the accelerator it's a group as well as one-to-one so and everyone I can see everyone is so supportive with each other and then you don't feel so silly because you realize that other people also have this imposter syndrome thinking I'm not very good at this or I can't do that so absolutely and and if you let it that imposter syndrome really gets stuck into you they they rule the roost and I just knew that I wanted to just move on and you know I am going to get these dresses out because I think I owe it to the children. I owe exactly. it to all the children. This, you know, this is for all the children out there that want that party dress. They want that special dress. You know, they they want to feel that lovely silk against the skin. You know, and know that it's not just to wear it once. You can wear it again and again and again. And I think that's that's what people should be looking at. You know. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. I love, it's, for the kids. it's for the kids. I love the children. So yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So a final question for you then, Dawn. Yeah, sure. What advice would you give to someone who is maybe making everything themselves currently and is thinking, maybe I should or could outsource some of this? What tips would you give them? I would say, think about the outfit. Think about one outfit only that you want to outsource. Because you, you can't outsource everything. It's just not going to work. You need And you need to choose wisely. So I would find a seamstress or find a manufacturer near you. And don't be afraid to pick up the phone and email them. And if they don't reply immediately, go back again and say, hi, I know you're really busy. Is, do you have five minutes to spare, et cetera, et cetera. So I would definitely find something that help you. Choose one outfit that you are happy for them to trial and work with you on. So, you know... It doesn't have to be the most complex one. It can be a very simple one to start off with. That's what I would say. And then build it up from there and build that relationship up and slowly, yeah, outsource it that way. That's brilliant advice. And don't stress out too much about tech pack. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And if you need to learn how to do a tech pack properly, they need to get in touch with you, Kate. That's what they need to <laughs> Well, really, it's Michelle on my team that's the tech pack. Pro, yeah, who gives you all the tips and advice saying, no, you might want to make sure you've included this. And what about your bill of materials, Dawn? I know, I know. But um, yeah, Michelle, 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 you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's watching in as well. Brilliant. Are you ready to finally master your manufacturing and create profitable UK made products? If so, I've got an exclusive training just for you. This training is for businesses that make in the UK or want to and who are interested in working with me in our British Brand Accelerator for creative small business owners who want to develop and sell profitable UK-made products. If your application is accepted, you'll receive a copy of my exclusive free private training on how to develop profitable UK-made products with ease. In the training, I go through my exact three-part framework that we use to help our clients successfully launch and grow their UK-made brands. And I'll show you exactly how it works along with all kinds of examples. I'll also explain everything you need to know about the accelerator to ensure that we can truly help you to get the results that you're looking for. 
To apply for an invite to the British Brand Accelerator and get a copy of the training, go to katehills.co.uk forward slash apply. Where can everyone find you, Dawn? Tell everyone, when when are you anticipating the Your Dresses will launch? Because it's very soon. You might not want to give the date. Well, I know it's going to be early November. Early November, it's going, they're going to be out there ready in time for the Christmas parties and special events and that kind of thing. So that's what it's going to be. If you want to have a little look, I've got a new website coming. It's not out yet. So at the moment, you'll just see all my bespoke work. But it's uh, dawnclarkdesigns.co.uk. Dawnclarkdesigns.co.uk. And on social media as well. And on social media, it's at dawnclarkdesigns. Yeah. And that's brilliant and i am and again like you say we're all on the learning curve so i'm going to be hopping onto pinterest very very soon and start getting handy dandy with that as well so every day's a learning day yeah because you've you've kind of identified that the the look of your dresses and the, the target customer that you're aiming for yeah. is someone that's in us but not just in, in any old state in the us you've got quite hyper targeted haven't you about yes where you're aiming for yeah I know exactly where I'm aiming for and I just want to make sure that they also get the opportunity to see the traditional luxury British clothing that they love and I just want to make sure that they can see that in in the states as well so yeah that's why I'm going and every day's a learning day so I'm off to get my head around Pinterest next (laughs) brilliant well you've got to also make sure you're spending time every single week on marketing and not just marketing. I know I know absolutely and that has been a big turning point for me turn massive turning point and that's also another tip I would say is it's so easy when you look at your diary for the week I'm probably taking my time up too much here but when you're looking at your diary for the week and you go okay so Monday I'm doing this da, 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 and it's all linked to sewing you have to stop and you have to literally say okay what marketing job do I not want to do this week and then you carve a whole day out for that <laughs> we know what that is currently isn't it Dawn it's setting up that page for your newsletter people want to sign up to your newsletter yes we do I'm I'm going to do that <laughs> <laughs> brilliant oh Dawn you have been an amazing guest especially as you only knew about this literally last night well, don't worry. It's fine. You know what? Once you've been a primary school teacher in your life, nothing phases you at all. You just go, okay, Dawson Manual, let's go and run. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, Dawn, you've been amazing. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you to everyone that has tuned in live to watch this yeah, as well. Run. Honestly, it means the world that people have just taken the time out of, and they carved their time out of their really busy, 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 busy days just to listen to me drone on for about 15 minutes. You are amazing. All the listeners, thank you from here because you've just made my day. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Dawn. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today. I'll let you go now and carry on with some marketing. I'm off to do a newsletter. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Friday, plus there's bonus episodes occasionally. Many of the interviews that you hear on series four of this podcast are also available to watch on our YouTube channel. You can find it by going to youtube.com forward slash Make It British LTD. That's Make It British with the letters LTD. Bye bye. Bye.